Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the SEC Morning Report. I'm Blaine Gilmer. This is Southeastern 14, your home for daily SEC sports coverage. And we are getting ramped up for the SEC championship game between Alabama and Georgia. Remember, this one is going to be Saturday at 4 o'clock, Georgia, depending on where you look, five, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, that line has risen up from the original three-and-a-half four that it that it opened up at in certain books a couple of weeks ago once this matchup was determined remember Alabama has not lost 7 and 0 in Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, and that includes a few victories there in that stadium three victories uh in that stadium over Georgia since it opened up so something's going to have to give you got a 29 game win streak for Georgia on the line and you've got Alabama's win streak in Mercedes-Benz Stadium so it is going to be Interesting to see uh, which number gives there and and a matchup between two teams that are, as we dive into these statistics here today, as we're going inside the numbers on Tuesdays here on the morning report, um, seeing, you know, these are two evenly matched ball ball clubs and two teams that that mirror each other in a lot of ways in terms of their their physicality, uh, how they how they go about playing defense, how they want to stop the run. Both teams have not been as dominant against the run as they've been in the past. Uh, and we'll, we'll dive into all those different things, common opponents and all that kind of stuff. So excited to get into it, but also excited to share with you guys before we do that, our partnership with Bet Online, betonline.ag. This holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination with all your sports wagering information. With up to minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for every pro and amateur sport and not just the big four sports. Okay. Bet Online has information available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played uh, from MMA to international soccer, you name it, you can find it on bet online, head over to betonline.ag today. And remember to use our promo code, believe that's B L E A V. Uh, we're a part of the believe network, B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online, where the game starts and where we're going to start is I want to preface this by saying you cannot use the transitive property in football. So uh, Georgia fans shouldn't be saying, well, look what happened with, with Auburn uh, last week and Alabama, they're vulnerable here. And Alabama fans shouldn't be looking at, at the Georgia Tech game and saying, well, look what happened with Georgia at Georgia Tech last week and say they're vulnerable here. But what I think you can do is you can look at the performances that teams had against common opponents and say, hey, how did this team handle – uh, what this team did to them compared versus how we did. So I think you can look at that, and that's what we're going to do right here is uh, look at the the common opponents. So you see both of these teams played Auburn, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, and you see the the score here. Now, the, the score for the Auburn game, if you ask an Alabama fan, it was 33-24, but officially in the box score, it goes down as 27-24 with that uh, miraculous comeback there at the end versus Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Georgia had a comeback of their own. They were down a large portion of that game in September 
versus Auburn on the road. Both of those on the road. Georgia defeated Kentucky 51-13. Mind you, this was a 5-0 and Kentucky team at the time, and Georgia uh, throttled them 51-13. Um, Kentucky was kind of already in a downward spiral by the time Alabama got a hold of them and beat them in Lexington 49-21. Ole Miss, uh, an Ole Miss team that had – Four players coming back off of off of surgery and and just getting back into things and Jalen Milrow just getting you know established as the quarterback for Alabama in that twenty four ten win over Ole Miss, whereas Georgia faced uh, Ole Miss full strength uh, and also you know faced him on Brock Bowers' first game back off of his ankle surgery and beat Ole Miss fifty two seventeen at home. Tennessee came into Tuscaloosa and got up, you know, got up big early on Alabama in the first half. Uh, Alabama ends up coming back, showing resiliency in the second half, winning 34 to 20. Georgia gave up that first play, 75 yard touchdown to Tennessee. And then after that, it was all dogs in in Knoxville, 38 to 10. So that is how they uh, handled common opponents. Um, Again, you can't use transitive property, but I think you can see that. In terms of throughout the year, when your best has been required, both of these teams have risen to the occasion um, against those common opponents. Now, there are, you know, you have to take into account, okay, the Texas game, and admittedly Georgia hasn't played anybody the the caliber of Texas. So you could say that Alabama uh, has a leg up in terms of the experiential factor there, maybe against a, a tough opponent. They could draw back on, on some of that experience that they faced um, against an athletic team, a physical team like Texas with dynamic playmakers. But Georgia, every, every single time that they've uh, had something where their full attention has been required, uh, they have been outstanding and, and been the more dominant team this year uh, instead of, you know, Alabama, who has been more kind of counter counter punching at times uh, and has been able to beat show resiliency and to come back. And, and I think both of these teams, whereas Georgia early, Alabama late in some games have shown that they can take a punch, uh, that they can they can get up off the mat when it looks like things are bleak or, or things aren't going well and they're able to stay calm and produce and I think that is a a tip of the cap to both of these quarterbacks uh for these teams Jalen Milrow and Carson Beck I mean guys when you talk about these two teams and you talk about you know what makes them go you're talking about two quarterbacks that neither one had been uh, a starter except you know Milrow had had a a, a start last year um, against T- Texas A&M, I believe, when Bryce Young was out, and that was really the only starting experience that that either one of these two quarterbacks had. And but coming into this year, it was kind of an unknown. Okay, how are these guys going to perform? And and Milrow didn't even win the job and full time until you know the after the USF game this year. So there's been there's been times where it's been like, okay, what are we? What are we going to get out of these two quarterbacks, especially early on? But what has become clear is that both of these quarterbacks can handle adversity. Uh, When Carson Beck has been tied or trailing, when Georgia has been tied in a game or trailing, Carson Beck is 112 of 150, completing almost 75% of his passes 
when Georgia needs him the most. And 42.67% of those completions have gone for first down. So Carson Beck has had ice water in his veins when Georgia has needed him. You think back to the to the Auburn situation, you think of early on in these games, uh, tied or, or trailing Georgia has trailed in virtually every game that it's played because it's allowed a first uh, a first score by its opponent a lot of times opening up the game and Carson Beck has responded just methodically going down completing balls leading this team uh, down the field and and ultimately um, putting up points for Georgia in response and and getting them back into the lead. Jalen Milrow has been good as well when tied or trailing 66.42% of his passes completed 44.7% of those going for first downs. And that does not include what uh, Milrow has been able to do with his legs in those situations as well. So both of these quarterbacks have done a fine job when it comes to leading their teams, uh, garnering the respect of their teammates and being able to, be as efficient as you can possibly be in the offense uh, that both of them are charged with with running. Now, Carson Beck is asked to do a whole lot more at the line of scrimmage than Jalen Milrow is. What the, I think what the category and the 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 success that has come for Jalen Milrow is that Tommy Reese has simplified this offense, uh, has given him okay. Let's cut the let's cut the field in half. Uh, let's give him. Let's give him one, two reads, and then if, if that's not there, let's encourage him to use his legs, and he has really flourished when it's come to that. They've done a lot of a lot of stuff, whether it's Kendrick Law coming across or whether it's um, being able to you know pre-snap motion with different guys to get a, a clearer picture and things of that, and then also added in some design quarterback run elements. So I think that, that both teams are kind of finding their stride, and we're going to dig into – uh, these teams and how they match up on the different sides of the ball. So first, let's start with uh, Alabama on offense uh, while Georgia uh, is on defense here. You see inside the numbers here, these are SEC rankings, points per game. Uh, Georgia's elite, only 15.4 points per game. If you handle that just a conference play, Georgia's only given up uh, less than 18 points, 17 points per game. Um, Alabama, 35.8 points uh, per game this year. Offensively, they're they're scoring uh, at a much higher clip in November. I mean, you include that, that, that it does include a game against UT Chattanooga, but when it comes down to it, they're over 46 points a game in the month of November. Alabama has given up a lot of sacks. Uh, Georgia does, doesn't get a ton of sacks, so – um, you've got a offensive line that has had protection problems and a defensive front that Georgia's not really designed to say, hey, we're going to go uh, send a lot of guys, get one-on-one -on -one matchups. And also, a, a lot of times, people aren't holding the ball very long against Georgia. They're getting the ball out quicker against Georgia than any other school in the SEC. People uh, just get the ball out of their hands quick because they know uh, they can't afford to hold on to it long. So Georgia hasn't had as many of those opportunities. Uh, their numbers are better in SEC play when it comes to getting sacks. Third down, Georgia has been elite uh, just over a quarter of the time. They're allowing a conversion, but uh, they do a really, really good job of stymieing people early, keeping things in front of them, staying ahead of the of the sticks, keeping offenses off schedule and making them have to convert 
third and medium to third and long. That'll be key in this game. Alabama has been good approaching that 50% mark at 48.7% on third down. Alabama has been tremendous in the red zone, uh, you know, scoring touchdowns over 71% of the time. Georgia's numbers on defensively in the red zone have improved dramatically since the start of November. At one point, they were 13th in the conference in allowing red zone touchdowns. But in the month of November, Georgia has been elite at that, only allowing 38.46% red zone touchdown percentage in the month of November. That's the best in the SEC, whereas Alabama has been the best in the SEC in scoring touchdowns, 85.71% in the red zone touchdown percentage in the month of November. So something is going to have to give there. And then explosive plays, Alabama uh, gets their fair share of them. Jalen Miro has really become successful throwing the football down the field, um, and particularly over 50% of his pass production comes from deep throws, uh, and Alabama is fourth in the conference where Georgia has not allowed hardly any at all, 35 explosive plays in 12 games, a pretty pretty sporty number there. But that, that number I wanted to put up again is both these teams have been really good in terms of their red zone uh, conversion rates in the month of November. Like I said, one more time, Georgia – uh, is only allowing teams to score touchdowns 38.46% of the time in the month of November. Uh, and, guys, that, that month of November for Georgia consists of Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Georgia Tech. So when their schedule got the hardest for Georgia, they played their best in terms of red zone defense. And then for Alabama – it's played its best in the month of November against LSU, Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn in terms of scoring touchdowns in the red zone, 85.71%. So both these teams are hot when it comes to Alabama offensively in the red zone and Georgia defensively in the red zone. So something to keep an eye on there. And then the third down conversions are going to be big as well. Now let's talk about Georgia offensively. Uh, the SEC rankings for Georgia offensively versus Alabama on defense. You see Georgia uh, averaging nearly 40 points per game. That's only uh, that's second only to LSU in the conference. Uh, Alabama is only behind Georgia in terms of points per game allowed, 17.9. Georgia just simply does not allow Carson Beck to get sacked. Less than one sack per game, that's .83 sacks per game, only 10 sacks on the year. And that's, uh, if you take into account the number of plays that were designed to be pass plays, but either ended up being runs or things like that, you're talking about well over 400 uh, pass plays and only 10 of them result in sacks. So um, that's a great job by the Georgia offensive line. But they're going to have to be great against an Alabama pass rush who is elite with Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, uh, you know, they can bring guys from the inside with Dante Lawson and and Jihad Campbell. Um, of course, they can get pressure up the middle with with Tim Smith and those other guys. 36 sacks on the year, second in the SEC. Third down, uh, Georgia is only behind LSU uh, by just a fraction of a of a percentage uh, at at 
56.55 guys over half the time well over half the time Georgia's converting third downs that's a tremendous testament to how calm Carson Beck has been and how uh, accurate he's been with the football and how well Mike Bubba has designed things up Alabama has been good on third down 33.93 percent uh, that they are uh, only allowing that that amount of percentage of conversion rate so that's good for fourth in the SEC Georgia the the red zone touchdown percentage uh, again tremendously they've gotten tremendously better in this mark they were 13th in the SEC in this metric coming into the month of November. But in the month of November, they have scored touchdown 75% of the time and risen their touchdown percentage overall in the year to sixth in the SEC at 66.2%. Alabama has been tremendous at preventing teams from scoring uh, red zone touchdowns overall on the year, 51.52% in their 12 games second in the SEC. Georgia has been explosive. Uh, it's, it's not been – um, a commonplace that Georgia has been the more explosive offense in this matchup between Georgia and Alabama, but 73 explosive plays on the year uh, tells you what Georgia has been able to do. Uh, only, you know, I mean, there's there's not many teams. Of course, LSU, Jaden Daniels has over 90 explosive plays on his own. So that is, uh, again, shows you why he should win the Heisman. But Alabama uh, started off giving up a lot more explosive plays uh, than they than they currently are, um, but when you're about you know the, the teams, uh, both of them are playing good defense at this point in time. So the numbers bear out and tell you that this is about as even as it can be. Um, we know this is going to come down to uh, not trends, not not you know historical data, not trends. It's going to come down to those sixty minutes and players with individual matchups. And we're going to see which coaches can make the adjustments necessary and put their individual athletes, their individual playmakers in positions to win those one-on-one matchups. So I'm excited to see how the the edge matchup between whether it's Michael Williams, um, whether it's Chas Chambliss, whether it's Taki Smith at the star position, whether it's Javon Bullard filling down from the safety position, Marvin Jones, all those guys on the edge for Georgia taking on C.J. Dupree, Amari Nyblack, Robbie Oots, Kendrick Law, all those people that Alabama uses to block on the perimeter because I think the running attack on the perimeter could be a an issue for uh, Georgia in terms of what Alabama can do offensively. Because if Alabama can get out on the perimeter, can stretch you horizontally, then that becomes harder to stay disciplined uh, vertically and your eye discipline on the back end, and that's when the, the big shots could come. If Alabama is able to run the ball early, then I think you could see them have success in the passing game. But if Georgia is able to strike those blocks, win those matchups on the edge, uh, contain and not not be undisciplined in pass rush when they do have opportunity to rush uh, Jalen Miller and kind of stay disciplined and more crush the pocket from the inside, then I think you could see Georgia make Alabama one-dimensional uh, and Georgia does a great job of, of intercepting the ball um, this year. I mean, you're looking at a, a team that didn't cause a whole lot of turnovers the last couple of years as they won uh, national championships, but you're talking about a Georgia team that has 12 interceptions uh, that is tied with Alabama for the, for the lead in the SEC. So, um, they can, you know, force some havoc. They can uh, create some problems on the back end if, if you uh, 
you know, aren't able to run the football, that makes it much, much harder to complete complete passes and, and hit those big shots on this Georgia defense. So it's going to be a chess match, guys. I'm excited to see it. These are the numbers that we've gone on uh, inside. But I would take all these numbers and things like that with a grain of salt, guys, because you know, as you've seen, some of these numbers early on for Carson Beck, some of these numbers early on for Jalen Milrow, they're just finding their footing and who they are. And both of these teams, I think, have found their identity and, and have gotten some young players in position where they're ready to to make some plays and things like that. I think both of these teams are now finding the best version of themselves, and I think it's going to be a tremendous matchup in Atlanta on Saturday. I think this is going to be a one-possession game, a, a down-to-the-end game and i'm excited to see it uh let us know your comments on it uh what you think some of the key matchups will be and especially after looking at some of these numbers and things like that of course i think uh, like i said georgia third downs are huge they've been great at them on both sides of the ball all year long um and you know alabama really has hit a lot of the big plays especially here late and their their offense has been explosive uh and dynamic especially in the month of november so can georgia contain uh, Jalen Milrow, his legs, and prevent him from hitting some of the big plays over the top to Jermaine Burton. Lots of exciting matchups to go through, and we will have more coverage on this throughout the week. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Uh, check out the morning report each and every morning here on Southeastern 14 at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Uh, we've got lots more coverage uh, coming out not only on the SEC championship and then the college football playoff going forward, but we will also uh, have basketball coverage. Chris Lee, Blake Love will do a great job on here covering basketball as well. Max Barr, a lot of the other guys on here. So there's tons of coverage here on Southeastern 14 for SEC Sports. In the spring, we'll have baseball. So this is your home for, as we say, daily SEC sports coverage thank you so much for tuning in i'm blaine gilmer you can follow me on x using at the gilmer 18 and we'll catch you guys next time to talk more sec football and get ready for this sec championship game right here on southeastern 14.